Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Welcome, everybody, back to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. It's been a little bit. We took a week off, but the main show is back and better than ever. We got most of the main crew here. Wyatt's here, Bart's here, Jared's here, and we're ready to have a good week, even though Aiden is sadly on vacation this week, but he'll be returning shortly for our show next week. And we're just going to jump right into it now with some news we missed. First big news, Serena Williams, perhaps the greatest tennis player ever and one of the greatest athletes ever, has announced her retirement. Any thoughts? None other than what you just said. Yeah, one of the greatest athletes ever, undisputed. Yeah. Sad day, but she was uh, she was dealing with injuries, right? So. Yeah. It, it makes sense. It happens to the best of us. Uh, up next, we have some a little bit of baseball news. The only baseball news you'll be getting this weekend, probably for a little bit. Um, Juan Soto was traded to the San Diego Padres for a whole lot of prospects. Um, we'll see how it goes. They did just get swept by the Dodgers after making this trade, so <laughs> unsure whether it's going to pay off for them in the long term. Probably will. Probably. <laughs> I would assume so as well. Uh, Draymond Green, he's eligible for a contract extension on his podcast. He said that he expects a full max from the Warriors. Do we think he'll get it? No. No. Nor should he, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I mean, I get he's like an it factor type guy, but, you know, give your it factor guy a max contract. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the Warriors are bidding, bidding against themselves. Nobody is going to pay Draymond Green the max outside of them. It would only be in good faith for everything that he's done. Exactly. Like, it'd just be like a thank you more than anything else. Right. I think the Warriors are smarter than paying a thank you to him, honestly. So, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Moving into a little bit of football news. And, um, I don't know. We've got some good stuff, mostly throughout the rest of the show. But we're going to get started with a, cl- a, cu- a few quick uh, sound bits. Uh, first, 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is eligible to be moved after being cleared to play. Cleveland, New York, and Seattle are front runners. Anybody think he's going to go somewhere? Yeah, I think Colin Coward was going off about this. Why I was texting Wyatt about this is he should go to the Giants. The Giants are a train wreck with Daniel Jones right now. <clears throat> In camp, apparently. This is a C.J. Stroud season. <laughs> okay. Like, Tank. the goal is is that, hey, look, if we get Jimmy G or Daniel Jones proves himself to be a, a franchise quarterback or whatever, we will never have the best quarterback in the division. We need to bottom out. Don't trade for anybody. We get C.J. Stroud. We win it all. Crash for C.J. I think it's a good strategy. And turns out like Justin Fields. Yeah, good strategy. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we get good track uh, record. Good track record for those Ohio State quarterbacks. Cardell Jones, up we'll there see. for sure. Uh, what's his name? JT uh, JT Barrett. Was that who it is? Yeah. Good track yeah. record. Yeah, but hey, Justin Fields is in a bad situation. I he's in he's a terrible play. situation. Yeah, he they can do really well in the future. <laughs> so not to mention, we'll if see. they traded for Jimmy G, like they're still what, like a six-win team? <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know. Like how much. How much would Jimmy G? How valuable would that be? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um, All right, some other NFL news. The first game of the year was played, uh, the first preseason game at least, that is. The Las Vegas Raiders beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 27-11. to 
in the Hall of Fame game? Did anybody watch? I, didn't I watched part of it, yeah. All right. Any takeaways? It's still the Jaguars <laughs> on Thursday night football. Like it's, it's the yeah. same thing that we get every single year. They dominate Thursday night football. Mm-hmm. At least, who did, you know, being on TV. Who do they play Thursday night football this year? I'm looking it up. I don't know. So, they probably play right. like six times on Thursday night. And then in London. <laughs> I, I yeah. swear it is always the Jaguars on a random Thursday night football. No, I can. Outside of like the big marketable games, if I'm like, who's playing tonight on Thursday night football? It's the Jaguars. Because who would watch them on Sunday? You know, so you gotta put them on Thursday. Yeah, they can't take up airtime. Not Jacksonville. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, they play Week 16 against the Jets. That's gonna be a good game. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) two four and eleven teams at that point or whatever. Yeah, grinding it out. All right, but speaking of teams that are actually good. A little college football before we jump into our main segments. Nick Saban said that 12-1 and Alabama was rebuilding last year. Mm. Unbelievable. <laughs> Dare I say what asinine. A, what a wild take. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They made the national championship game. Like, how can and their quarterback won the Heisman, and everyone is saying that another one of their players, Will Anderson, would have been the number one overall pick this year if he was eligible. Uh-huh. What more could you yeah. have asked for out of a team? Exactly. Zero but losses, hey. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and a title. Take Give that to any other school. It's a good year. But speaking of any other school. statement of the day. <laughs> <laughs> of the century. Yeah. Well, that's a perfect lead into our first segment. It's football season again. Or basically close enough that we feel comfortable talking about it basically every week between now and the middle of February. We're going to get started with some college football. Um... And we're just going to do some college football preseason superlatives as the year ramps up. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to those first awards being given out. We're all making our crazy predictions about things going forward. The coaches poll came out for the first time this past week. Had Notre Dame at five, which we love to see. Uh, Alabama at one. Uh, Ohio State at two. Georgia at three. Clemson at four ahead of them. But we're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on our own preseason awards. And we're going to start with the team most likely to win a national title. Wyatt, who do you got? I got the Buckeyes from from Ohio, oh. Ohio State. I think that look, a lot of people have hyped them up so far this year. Anybody that you hear on TV would say that Ohio State should be and is are the leading favorite to win the national championship, and I think it's right. I think CJ Stroud. I truly believe CJ Stroud is the best quarterback in college football going into next year. I know that Bryce Young did win a Heisman. I know that Alabama always has a potent offense and they have a slew of weapons every single year. But I think C.J. Stroud is better. I think that he he marks up to be a better quarterback. And Jackson Smith and Jigba is one of the most hyped wide receivers coming into this year. Last year we were humbled, but we're, we're re-energized. And uh, we have a new defensive coordinator, so hopefully we can kind of get back to our roots as, as far as having really good defensive players. And then, of course, we've always had potent offenses. So I think Ohio State wins it this year, or most likely to. Lucas? Yeah. So they're getting I don't think one that's last season. We'll see, we'll see. I don't think that's a bad choice at all. I'd put, probably put them at second, most likely, but I'm going to be super lame and pick oh. the team that has probably been the favorite for the last 15 years to win the national championship each year going into the season, BYU. and that's Alabama. <laughs> even in a rebuilding year last year, even in a rebuilding year, rebuilt. they made the national championship game, they won the SEC, and they're going to be back and better than ever this year. Bryce Young won the Heisman last year and is back for another season. Will Anderson Jr. won the Nagurski Award for Best Defensive Player. He's back for the season. 
Ohio State is talented. I won't, you know, I won't lie about that. But they have slipped up in the big games the past few years. And Georgia, who I think is probably the third favorite, ranked third in the preseason polls. They lost too much of their talent last year to compete. And I don't know if a team with Stetson Bennett as their quarterback is going to win back-to-back national championships. I think their defense was just so good last year that it, like, corrected for any other errors. So with all that being said, I think you got to give the edge to Alabama to win the national championship this year. Yeah. But, so you two picked one and two, right? <laughs> of the yeah, we did. One and two in the first polls. But good. Eh, the people know what they're talking about, except for the coach that ranked Texas as number one. That coach mm. didn't know what they were talking about. I don't know. Was it the Texas coach? <laughs> no, he wasn't it, in the poll I looked. Oh, really? Okay. He's not one of the coaches polled. I thought it might be Sark, yeah. Yeah. No, somebody else got like looked at all the teams in college football, and it's like you know what, Texas is the best one of them. They got but, uh, hey. the five star recruits. It's got to mean something, mm-hmm. or not the five star, the perfect recruits, whatever they are. Exactly. Anyway, let's move on. Yes. So the next segment we got, uh, we're gonna go in the opposite direction. Teams that are gonna regress. Jared, we'll start with you. What? Who is the team that finished in the top ten last year? Who is most likely to regress this year? I think there's a bunch of teams actually that finished at the top ten that are going to be out. Um, I think Michigan actually. Uh, they they lost Aiden Hutchinson obviously, and replacing that sort of production and even just that threat of production, I think is going to be pretty tough. And then they play in the Big Ten, which is either the best or second best football conference. Not that I think like that last year is a fluke or anything either, um, but I just think it's going to be super hard to replicate that level of success. Play Ohio State beat them again i don't know if i don't know they're gonna be able to do that but i also think i mean bart i won't steal your thunder actually so go ahead on your team (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah i had a few lined up as well because i I agree there seemed like there are a few michigan was one of mine i'll 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 say oklahoma though i think oklahoma is a great candidate and it's probably obvious why Uh, i'll get to that though i think one thing that's interesting is they are 71st in returning production and they are 117th in returning production on offense. So I think there are a lot of question marks about what this team is going to be able to do offensively. For instance, four of their five wide receivers are gone. Half their O-line is mm. gone. But, yeah, I think the main reason that I mentioned is because Lincoln Riley's gone along with Caleb Williams. I mean, that's like that's going to be Im- impossible to just like smoothly um, like f- fill the hole with somebody else. Like I know Dylan Gabriel is a decent quarterback, but he's not Caleb Williams. And I'm worried about – like sometimes we see head coaches succeed in their first season, but Venables, first of all, is a defensive-minded guy. In his first season, I'm not sold on him just being electric right out of the gate. So I think they will definitely falter a little bit. Did you have any other teams, Jared, that you had in mind? I mean, I think Oklahoma State and Baylor, I'd be kind of shocked if they also keep it in the top 10, as well as Cincinnati. They don't have Desmond Ritter anymore. They don't have Sauce Gardner anymore. There's no way that they're going to stay in the top 10 either, I don't think. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. We're going to shift gears a little bit again. Next award is the team most likely to move conferences by the end of the season. And I'm up first for this one. Okay. I'm going to go. Well, I'll build up some suspense. I think a lot of people have I've seen say Notre Dame for this one as the easy move to the Big Ten. But I don't think that's going to happen. Even though I want it to happen, I think Notre Dame is still too tied to its independence at this point for them to be the one that moves. So I think I'm going to go with the Oregon Ducks. I think with USC and UCLA... Leaving the Pac-12, the Pac-12 is a dead conference at this point With that really has no big brands at this point. And I think Oregon basically being the biggest remaining brand in the Pac-12 means they're going to have to jet out of there if they want to maintain any sort of, sort of relevancy. 
Um, and I think because, you know, geography doesn't matter anymore, USC and UCLA already went to the Big Ten. I think it makes a lot of sense for Oregon to go to the Big Ten. They get to maintain those traditional rivalries um, with USC and UCLA. They get the benefit of a big conference um, that has a lot of resources. The Big Ten just signed a huge TV deal with CBS uh, this past week. I think it was like $350 million just to broadcast the 3.30 p.m. Uh, Big Ten games. So they'll get a ton of TV money. It makes sense. And they just need to get out of the Pac-12. Jared, who do you think? Uh, I definitely don't think it's Oregon. First off, I don't. I think I don't think the Big Ten really wants them that much, um, right now, at least. Okay. So we'll see on that. I think it's Clemson. Mm. I think Clemson is a, is a pretty hot commodity. They're basically at this point an SEC powerhouse. Like if if you were to put them in the SEC, they would they wouldn't run that conference, but they'd be on the same levels like LSU. Maybe I, I hesitate to say Bama because nobody's on the level of Bama, but they'd be on that same level of um, uh, like Georgia, LSU, Auburn sometimes is up there too, right? Texas A&M, mm-hmm. they'd beat Texas A&M, let's be honest. Um, and they just, seem, they just seem to recruit well, and apparently the SEC would bring like a boost to your recruiting efforts as well. And um, I feel like Dabo would probably, would probably be up for that challenge, so... I'm going to say Clemson. I think it's a fair choice as well. All right, we're going to move next to some players away from some teams. So we're going to start with you on this next one, Wyatt. Who's the player most likely to help their draft stock this year? Funny, I've leaned on this guy in two separate college football segments that we've done over a, a course of a couple episodes. Jordan Addison, or Addison, from mm-hmm. the transfer from Pitt to USC. And I think the biggest thing is, is who is watching Pitt games? Outside of the one fake slide Kenny Pickett game, I have not seen a lick of pit football before <laughs> that. And Jordan Addison, of course, is a spectacular talent. Uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Alabama wanted him. Everybody really, he was like one of the most highly touted transfers in, in the entire college football uh, transfer pool last year. And I think automatically getting an upgrade from coach and quarterback going to Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams We'll put Addison as a conversation as the number one overall wide receiver next year because I think he's going to prove to be incredibly electric. He's big. He's a legit 4-5 or five guy from all the reports that I read, and he's going to be on TV mainly. So I also have a second guy. I'm going to wait to debut that second guy until Jared goes so I don't steal it, but uh, I think Addison right now would be my leading candidate. What about you, Jay? Uh, I'm going to say – can I say somebody that's not going to be draft eligible but is going to improve their draft stock? Yeah, that's fair. Xavier Worthy over at Texas. I know everybody's going to hate it. Quinn Ewers coming in, though. Still is not one that, still needs to win the quarterback job, I, I hear. But I think I, – I do. I buy into the hype every year. I think Texas is going to be pretty good this year, though. <laughs> Another year under Sark. <laughs> and I think uh, Xavier Worthy was their best receiver last year. He's only a sophomore, so I don't think he's going to be draft eligible. I don't believe he redshirted, redshirted or anything. Um, I think he's going to have a pretty good, pretty good year, though, and he's going to be a fun player to watch. Okay, that's fair. Why? Who were your others you had? Jared, was that your final? Yeah. Okay. Um, Spencer Rattler, who right now is like mm-hmm. one of – look, he was a guy who I dogged on, and I think he's one of the more disliked quarterbacks in college football for the way that he handled the whole USC thing last year, the transfer from – or the transition from him to Caleb Williams. Not really a team player. Obviously a whole new school. Uh, a fresh start. He's in the SEC, so I do not expect him to dominate. But he can at least prove to be like I am a mature, good teammate who is still <laughs> a good quarterback uh, and can kind of like do some some things 
good here. So I don't know if exactly how far up Spencer Rattler would throw himself into the conversation as far as quarterbacks go, but maybe he would he would propel himself to be a top fifteen pick. I think that that's not out of the question. Yeah, the mock draft I just saw had like some guy from Kentucky being the third yeah, player, third well, overall player drafted, and he's a quarterback. And I never heard of him. Also, the mock drafts. Oh, my boy, uh, Levi's or whatever. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I, I think, think so, Will yeah. Levis, right? That's not mm-hmm. right. Don't be, don't draft Kentucky quarterbacks. Um, every <laughs> every mock draft has mm-hmm. three interior D linemen going in the top ten and a random quarterback from a random school. Yeah. So I mean, I don't I don't know how much stake I would put into any of those. Yeah. All right. Last up, we're moving to the coaches, and we're gonna start with Bart on this one. Who's the coach who's most likely to be fired by the end of the year? I think there's one indisputable answer here. It's easy. Scott Frost. Done. Yeah. Next question. Mm. Scott Frost has been terrible. Um, I look back. The most wins he's managed to get in four seasons is five wins. It's a far cry from his turnaround at UCF in his second season where they went 13-0. and It looks more and more like that was just a complete fluke. Uh, there was also <laughs> that news in May about how Frost and Nebraska got penalized because they broke the rules for like the number of coaches you can have or something like that. Um, and then the funniest thing I saw was that in October, Nebraska literally restructured his contract and they cut his buyout amount in half starting October mm-hmm. 1st. Wow. Um, so... What do you think is going to happen in October? <laughs> I think the writing's on the wall. So I think Scott Frost is far and away the easiest answer. Lucas, do you have another idea? Brian Kelly, LSU. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's not Brian Kelly. Still no, it's absolutely Wishful Scott thinking. Frost. There's no answer. He's never been above 500 in his entire time there. He was supposed to be the chosen one. He led UCF to a national championship, and yet he could do nothing what? in Nebraska. Really? National championship? 2017. Were you oh, not my there? Classic. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, it's easily Scott Frost. I've heard Herm Edwards' name thrown around too, because he's kind of been pretty average at uh, Arizona State. But I think the indisputable answer here is Scott Frost for sure. Well, the Pac-12, or no, it won't happen this year. I was gonna say the Pac-12 got easier, but it did not because it's not happening this year. He lost his quarterback yeah. though. Herm Edwards did, so I'm I'm definitely worried about that that program. True. Well, he's actually in the Big Ten, Scott Frost too. So. Yeah, so that's going to be tough. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to move on from some college football, move on to some NFL football, step up a level. Um, and there's been a lot of hype about some guys in training camp so far this year. And we're going to go through and we're going to cash or trash whether these guys who've gotten training camp hype will actually be good players this year and have breakout seasons. We're going to start with Allen Robinson, wide receiver for the Los Angeles Rams. Bart, give us your take, cash or trash, whether he's going to be good at all this year humongous cash like easy cash easiest cash i've ever been asked to cash for trash basically <laughs> he's gonna be great basically the only limiting factor is cooper cup and that's not even a limiting factor that's an asset he's never had that good of a receiver to take the attention off of him you look back in jacksonville and chicago he was always a stud he was either just misused or he had a terrible quarterback in his three 1000 yard seasons you know who his quarterbacks were blake bortles mitch trubisky nick Foles. So he's probably salivating right now at the chance to play with Stafford. Uh, Stafford was eighth in passing attempts last year, so it's a pass-first offense as well. He's going to be great. I think Like, if, if he has a bad season, it's because he got hurt. I think that's like the only chance. Why? What do you think? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that last year was a really bad year for Robinson just because after like some failed contract negotiations, Matt Nagy really just kind of phased him out of the offense entirely. And now he's going to go to a dramatically better head coach 
a dramatically better quarterback in Matt Stafford. And, I mean, if you look at Odell Beckham Jr. in that role, he basically revived his career, you could say, with the way that he played compared to where he was previously in Cleveland. I mean, Allen Robinson is not short of talent as a wide receiver, and I don't think last year was a the beginning of the end of like a huge drop-off for him. I just think he just had a really bad year between uh, a young and not very good quarterback in fields and then obviously Foles and, and just having a coach who was on the hot seat who was like not re- trying to show the potential of their offense rather than highlight Robinson. Yeah, there. All right, we're going to move from wide receiver to running back for the next one and from a really good team to a really bad team. Uh, Jared, Travis Etienne, running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cash or trash, whether he's going to have a breakout season. I'm going to say cash. I think he is going to have a pretty good season. First off, there's way more stability there now with Doug Peterson instead of Urban Meyer. Probably also getting better coaching, I would assume. And uh, the other Jaguars running back. Uh, James Robin Robinson still hasn't participated in full contract contact drills yet, um, so he's probably going to get a lot of touches, and that sets up for the natural chemistry that should already be there between uh, college teammates Trevor Lawrence and ETN. Like I would bet Trevor Lawrence takes a step forward this year. He seems like a near foolproof. Obviously, it's never a foolproof quarterback, but seems like a near foolproof prospect, right? So should get better. And he's already apparently loving the contact at camp, and he got leveled at, in practice a few days ago and <laughs> took it like a champ, apparently. Him. So that's a good sign. <laughs> a yeah, I totally ball. agree on this one. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm going to cash this one as well. I think ETN was excellent in college. I know that running backs have like a short self-life, but this is only his second season, and he didn't even play at all last year. So it's basically his rookie year. He's still got all the physical attributes needed to be a great running back. Like you mentioned, Jared, he's back with his college quarterback. That should help with some great chemistry. There's much, much more institutional stability. Doug Peterson is a great coach. He's won a Super Bowl. He'll know how to handle um, mixing up, I think, ATN um, with the other running backs. And, you know, he's coming off injury, yes, but he doesn't have the stink of the whole Urban Meyer year on him. He wasn't (laughs) negatively impacted by that at all. So he's just like he's coming out fresh from college, and I think he's going to do really, really well overall. So, yeah. In addition to all the recent Jared said, I'm cashing this take as well. All right. Our next guy, we're going back to Jared on this one. Nick Benito, who is an edge for the Denver Broncos. Um, I'm going to trash this one. I know there's a lot of buzz coming out of camp that he's that he's making a good impression, but he's not likely to even be a starter first off. <laughs> so I'm not sure how much time he's going to get in the spotlight. And the Broncos weren't particularly a prolific pass rushing uh, defense last year. We'll see, like, what Randy Gregory might bring for them this year. But without, like, I feel like without already a marquee pass rushing team alongside you taking attention away, it's going to be kind of hard for, like, an undersized pass rusher to, like, make to make a big mark, at least in my opinion. I know he's making waves in camp, so he's going to be good. But I saw that, like, oh, if he has a good year, he could be a 2023 starter. So I don't even know if, how much playing time he's really going to get to show that. What do you think, Bart? I actually am cashing this one. There you go. Uh, partly because of what you said, because he's not going to be a starter. Because, um, well, let me let, yeah, let me explain. So he, he he's basically a known commodity as a pass rusher, and that's why I think it's actually beneficial for him to not start. Because like in college, I saw a third of his tackles in the last two seasons were in the backfield, so he lives in the backfield. And PFF also loved this guy, which I thought was super interesting. He was drafted sixty fourth. He mm-hmm. was their thirty eighth ranked player. 
and he had a phenomenal pass rushing grade. So like that's what he's good at. So I'm saying it's actually it might be a good thing for him to not start because if he comes in as a third down rusher, basically, if the Broncos are smart and use him that way, he'll always be fresh and he'll be able to do exactly what he excels at and not get screwed over on run plays very often. So I actually think like historically it tracks. Like if he's a good pass rusher, he should still be one for the Broncos if they use him that way. So I'm I'm on board with this actually, assuming they use him right. <laughs> Yeah, fair. No, I have high expectations as well. I think he could turn out to be really, really well. Or be really, really good. But next we're going to move on uh, back to a wide receiver. Uh, we had Allen Robinson as our first wide receiver, and we're going to have Rashad Bateman as our second. He's a wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens, and I'm going up first today. Uh, and I'm going to cash this one. I'm feeling generous on both of mine today. I think Rashad Bateman was really solid in his first year in Baltimore. <laughs> had 500 yards, receiving a touchdown, a good rookie year. But now that he's the number one guy, I think he's really going to make the jump to star receiver. All the talk is that he can be a 1,000-plus yard guy this year, and I think he definitely has all the tools to do so. Lamar is going to have to throw it to somebody, and I think <laughs> Rashad Bateman is going to be that guy for the most part. Plus, I remember him from his days at Minnesota. He was playing up there when I was living up there. He was a star there, and I think that star power translates to the Ravens. So, yeah, pretty easy cash on Rashad Bateman. Why? What do you think? Yeah, it's a slight cash, but it, but mainly because I don't think the Ravens are going to have the passing numbers needed in order for everybody to to deem it as like a no-doubt breakout. But I do think he's going to maximize like the six to eight targets he gets throughout a given game. Given the offense, I, I don't think he's going to be Justin Jefferson or something where it's like this man is a living highlight reel. But I think he's going to have 10 touchdowns, and being the guy who is the one, the main guy that the Lamar Jackson throws to, a guy who I really liked coming out of college, who I thought was a really complete like wide receiver, he can catch anything within a five-mile radius of him. So <clears throat> I believe Rashad Bateman is talented enough to have a breakout. I just wonder if the numbers are surely going to follow the level of talent depending on how the Ravens navigate this year offensively. Yeah, that's fair. Because I've seen a lot of talk that they're kind of like going to scale back their offense now because uh, of the lack of maybe wide receiver experience, talent, and go like really even lead more heavily into the rushing game this year. Yeah. But mm. we'll see. All right, last up, we have another wide receiver. We have Isaiah McKenzie, who's a wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. Bart, you're up. Cashing or trashing whether he's going to have a good year this year. I am finally cashing some, or sorry, excuse me, trashing somebody. I'm not, I'm not super high on him. Um, I think his stock basically is trending down because like. When he, was, when he was initially getting all the hype in camp, Jameson Crowder was hurt, who was his main competition for that slot role. Now the, now the roles have reversed. McKenzie's hurt. Crowder's healthy and, and practicing, and he's apparently looking really good. So I think that that's, that's going to hurt. Also, I saw that OBJ is eyeing the Bills, which means that McKenzie might even end up lower on the depth chart than he already would. And lastly, McKenzie has played for like five seasons, and where has this been? Speaking of 10 touchdown receivers, Wyatt, McKenzie is not that. In his career, he <laughs> oh has seven God. total, and he's played five seasons, or is it six? He's never had a good season, basically, so I don't believe that like this one off season, he just made this huge leap just because he looks good in camp. I'll believe it when I see it. What do you think, Wyatt? Yeah, put this in front of a montage video uh, maybe later in the season. I'm trashing it as well. I, I'd like, And this is more of a thing. How highly can we view a slot receiver as a breakout talent? Like We all love Hunter mm-hmm. Renfro. But does anybody really consider Hunter Renfro to be one of the best wide receivers in the league? Or it's like, wow, that dude is undeniable. Like, I, I think that I don't know if Isaiah McKenzie can be on that level as well. Like, I mean, Cooper Cup's probably the closest thing to it, but Cooper Cup's still, he, he's still technically an X. 
and like you said, if, if Odell Beckham Jr. becomes a Bill or Bills, um, then then it's going to be hard for them to kind of support all those guys. Gabe Davis is the true breakout. How many breakouts could you possibly have in one offense? I would trash it, most likely. Fair enough. Well, if you want to help somebody or something become a breakout star, how about this podcast? Uh, if you liked, if you enjoyed this show, please consider giving uh, Lunch Pail Guys podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or give us a follow um, at Guys underscore on Twitter, Instagram, or the TikTok. And please join us later this week for another episode. Thank you.